If you have your Bibles today, guys, I, I, I'm sitting down today. It's different. I just want to talk to you, if that's all right. I'm going to preach to you a little bit, um, but I want to talk to you. Uh, so many things going on in the world, and, uh, and, and I want to give you some things today that are principles that I think are really going to help us um, navigate uh, COVID-19, and not just not just COVID-19, but the rest of our lives, okay? Because uh, everybody keeps talking about, let's go back to normal. We don't even know what normal is going to look like, okay? And so what we need to find are biblical principles that will apply no matter what the situation. You know, you know what I'm saying? And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Psalm 119. And I want to talk to you for a little while about this thing called um, memorizing versus understanding. Memorizing versus understanding. Um, God started dealing with the uh, with me about this several weeks ago. Honestly, I thought it was more for myself. I thought it was just one of those, you know, cool little Easter eggs that God gives you, and it turned out to be a little bit more than that. And and so I'm going to share it with you today. And so uh, we're going to start verse nine through eleven. I don't have it on the screen because again, this is live. But here we go. Psalm one nineteen nine through eleven. How can a young person stay on the path of purity now? Young is relative, so we're talking to everybody right here, okay? <laughs> By living according to your word. This is what the psalmist said. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. And then he says, I seek you with all of my heart. Do not lead, let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm going to read that again. I have hidden your word in my mind. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't say that. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. All right, so I want to talk to you today about memorizing versus understanding. And, um, and, and so we all have things that we've memorized uh, through life that has stuck through with us. Like one thing is the Patrick Henry speech. Uh, we were, Mr. Carroll, one of my, I think it was my eighth grade history teacher, made us memorize it. And we had to memorize and speak it with emotion. And so I'll never forget the part, give me liberty or give me death. And uh, it was one of my favorite speeches. Um, you know, we all memorize things throughout our lives. Maybe it's our, our home address. I, my parents never moved, so I've always had the same one. But, but I even remember like my mom's work phone. Every day when I got off from school, I rode the bus home. I would have to call my mom, who worked at Tower Loan. I still remember the work phone number was three three four four five eight nine, and that number is still in operation. Um, if you need to go to Tower Loan for anything, I don't necessarily think that's a great idea. But anyways. Um, my home phone number that's not connected anymore is 378-8082. I, I can never forget those, those numbers. And, and so even whenever I was preparing for tests, whenever I was a kid or even as an adult, I would find myself memorizing things. Like I would find myself memorizing equations and, uh, so that, and memorizing the answers to fill in the blanks. And because of that, on those simple tests where the teachers would give us these simple uh, things that, that like, absolutely matched the, the the study guide that was given, I would make great grades. The only time I ever got in trouble was if it was a different format than what the study guide was. You see, my brain had learned a pattern, but I haven't come to a place, I hadn't come to a place of understanding the information. 
I could remember like if one plus blank equals two, I may remember that, hey, that's supposed to be one, but if it's moved around in a different way, I didn't necessarily understand why it was what it was. And so even a few weeks ago when we were still having services, uh, one of our students are helping me with the lights and kind of showing her how to do it slowly as time permits. And and uh, and I asked the student that, that it was helping me with the lighting if they knew what to do. And they responded by saying, uh, I remember what sliders you used. And, and uh, she's a very smart student and very awesome at what she's doing. I'm very thankful. But I asked her, did you memorize what I did or do you understand what I did? And it, it brought us into this really neat conversation because if they only memorize what I did, what if something goes wrong? If you only memorize which sliders to move or what buttons to press at certain points and you only know that, then what if, uh, what if all the lights turn off? You know, what if, um, what if the haze st starts going? What if bubbles start coming and filling the sanctuary? That would actually be pretty impressive because we don't have a bubble machine, so that would have to be the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, <laughs> but what if something went wrong and, 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 and the student memorized uh, what, what to do, but didn't necessarily have an understanding of why to do it. And so we're on this journey together of, of helping students understand the why. You see, memorizing something only allows us to repeat what we've seen. Understanding means we don't just know what sliders to, to move or what buttons to press, but why they need to be pressed. You see, understanding adds a different level of, of trust, of comprehension. It's, it's totally different. And therein lies the problem that we face when, memorize, when we look at memorizing versus understanding. Memorizing, listen to this, is defined as being able to commit to memory. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty easy definition, doesn't it? I should be able to memorize that one. Anyways, it's defined as being able to commit to memory. And even the example was given. This is the example that Webster gave. He memorized thousands of, of verses. I thought that was, a, that was perfect for today. Because one of the things that we do is we memorize Bible verses. We memorize John 3.16. We memorize John... Uh, or, or Romans uh, 12, 1. We memorize six, uh, Romans 6, 24. We, we memorize all of these different verses, and it's amazing, and we should do that. But if we don't have understanding of those verses, then memorizing them is not going to help us apply them. Understanding, on the other hand, is the power for comprehending. If I understand something, I have the capacity to grasp how these things relate and relate to life. It's the ability to explain the why and the how. What does this have to do with, with anything that we're facing right now? I, I, here's, here it is. Look to your neighbor and say, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> my neighbor looked at her neighbor. My neighbor, other neighbor didn't have a neighbor, so we're social distancing. Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, I think one of the problems that, that's surfacing in the faith of many right now is that we have memorized scriptures, rightfully so, but we may not have a full understanding or a handle on who God is. We have memorized scriptures that say things about God, but we may not have a full handle on who God actually is. I know this is tense. I know that you're like, hey, I've been a Christian for five million years. I know who God is. I understand him. Hear me out. 
Hear me out. I understand. This has been challenging. I said this. This is a sermon that started in my own heart. Okay. This is this is not something I'm telling you. I have figured out. This is something that God is ministering to me about. And I just want to talk to you about. It. So so hear me out. It's been said that we fear what we don't understand. For example, I, I have a weird fear of carnivals that I've developed. I used to love carnivals, but as I got older, I became a little bit of a chicken, and I'm a big old chicken. Okay. KFC would fight over me. <laughs> Um, but I've developed this weird fear of carnivals because my, my thought process is these people pull these machines down the road and they set up in like 25 minutes, okay? And, and all of a sudden, they're wanting to throw me 100 foot in the air. No says I, nuh-uh, not today, not today, Satan. That just, I have this fear because there's no way that this stuff is safe. I don't understand how they can get away with traveling across the country and putting these things together in 20 minutes. I, I just don't understand how, it, how they put it together so quickly, and I definitely don't understand how it stays together whenever it throws people like me in the air and I don't go flying out of it, okay? And so I fear something that I don't understand. Maybe that's a good fear. I don't know. But I, I fear it because I don't understand how it works. Here's the thing. Fear comes from not being able to see the end result. Fear comes from not being able to see the end result. I'm afraid of what would happen if I'm riding the ship and the ship leaves the levers and goes flying through the air, okay? I'm afraid of, of the maybes and the couldbes when it comes to carnivals. Fear comes from not being able to see the end result. And so the tension that exists for the church and for us Christians is this thing called faith. It's this thing called faith. And so our faith, guys, it's not just about memorizing scripture. We should, because that part of what we're going to talk about is he hit his word in his heart. But I wonder, look at your neighbor and say, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. We are not on the same page over here. I don't know what it's like at your house. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, I just wonder. I just realized I skipped a neighbor. There is a fourth neighbor in there. He's way over there. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> anyways, uh, turtle. Oh, uh, anyways, now we're way off here. I just wonder. I wonder if we've memorized things in our mind. And it, and it, and it becomes logical. And it becomes rational. But we haven't gained an understanding of it in our spirit. I want you to sit on that for a minute. I want you to think on that for a minute. Is it possible that all the fear and all the anxiety that has come up in many of our lives, it's really the symptom of the larger issue being, I need a better understanding of who God is. I want to talk to you about this today. I know this is tense and maybe for some, maybe be a little bit offensive, but just work with me and, and walk through this with me. See, here's the truth that we all have to face in our lives. If we understand God's nature on the inside of us, if, if in our heart we understand God's nature, then we don't have to worry about what's happening on the outside. Hear me out. I, I'm, I'm trying not to preach right now. If we understand in my heart, in my spirit, who God is, I don't have to worry 
about Ninja Turtles or Splinter or Shredder. I don't have to worry about COVID-19. I don't have to worry about storms and rains and floods and pestilence. You, because I know if I understand the nature of God, I know that he's good. I know that he's powerful. I know that he's mighty. I know these things, not just in my mind, but in my heart. And there comes this reassurance that whenever premature babies come, I know God can handle it. Whenever cancer comes, I know God can handle it. When disease comes that no one has an answer for. I know a God who can handle it. I sat down like I wasn't going to preach, but right now I want to preach to you. You see, I, when I understand the nature of God, I don't worry about the nature of the world. That's good. That's good right there. The nature of the world is sickness and it's death and it's famine and it's sin and all those negative and terrible things, but God is good and his nature is more powerful than what we face in this world. You see, 1 John, 1 John 4, 8, let's look at the nature of God. Let's look at what the Bible says about God. 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. Judges 6, 24 says, or tells us that the Lord is peace. Matthew 5, 48 tells us that the Father is perfect. Psalm 90, verse 2 tells us that he existed from everlasting to everlasting. There's another scripture where Jesus says of himself, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Uh, Psalm 90, uh, or, and Job 12, 7 through 10 tells us that life is in his hands. I mean, really, we look at this and ask, should I even go on? I mean, it, it covers so much, but let's keep going. Job 37, 14 through 16 tells us that he controls the clouds and the lightning. Psalm 30, 33 and 5 tells us that the earth is full of his unfailing love. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that he is faithful, that even when we are tempted, that he will help us endure. 2 Peter 3, 9 reminds us that, you, that he keeps his promises. And he's patient. I could keep going with scriptures like this. They are all throughout the Bible that explain the nature of God. You could get into the names of God that describe his characteristics. But all of this works together to form an understanding about God. And that understanding results in this. He is for me. And because he's for me, I'm not worried. Somebody should say that in the comment section right now. I'm not worried because I know God. I may know the situation that's facing me. I know how scary it is. I know how many answers I don't have. But the one answer that I do have is the only answer that I need. And that is that God is in control at all times. No matter what the president says, no matter what the governor say, no matter what doctors say, God is in control. He's never been out of control. He's never lost control. He's in control. And so I'm not worried. I'm not worried. You should say that to yourself right now. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Even when it comes into my mind, I'm going to say, I'm not worried. Whenever things come against me and I don't understand it, I'm not worried. Whenever things come into my life and I don't have the ability to fix them immediately, I'm not worried. I know a God that can. The question today is, do we understand the nature of God? God's nature is not less than. It's, it's greater than. Song we sang earlier, he's greater than the mountains that's in front of me. Did we sing that earlier? Yeah, we did. I thought we did. I thought I was going crazy or something. This is actually kind of cool. I can check people to my left like fact checkers. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, so how do we move from memorization to understanding? How do we move from 
having head knowledge to understanding it and applying it in our spirit. Well, David gave us some things uh, that are very relevant for today. And so I read a, a little section of scripture, but I want you to take that scripture and study the rest of that chapter, or at least the next about six or seven, excuse me, six or seven verses. And that's where a lot of this is going to come from. So how do we move from memorization to understanding? Well, first of all, we have to go on a journey of learning God's nature. We have to go on this journey, guys, where we are just trying to learn, God, who are you? You know, a really simple but relevant example is my wife can say something to me, and just with the tone with which she says it, I know what she means. Like, I was having a conversation with another certain husband that may or not be doing sound today, the other day, and, and, uh, and I was asking my wife to do something, and she said, uh, yeah, go ahead and do it. And he was on the phone, and he heard it, and he said, dude, she said, do it, go ahead and do it. I was like, no, Josh. I said, oh, wait. <laughs> well, now you know who I was talking to. Anyways, anyways, and so I said, no. She may have said yes, but her tone said no. <laughs> Every husband in the house said amen um, because there's a difference. And the only reason that I know the difference is because I understand her nature. I understand who she is. I, I can walk in a room and see her... Uh, um, I can see her the look on her face, and I know because I know her nature, what kind of mood she's in. Like this morning, I'm telling you guys, I'm gonna be real with you. It was a tense morning. Like I, we we were ready to do service at like 10:29 and some change. Like it was it was on the cup. Like it was, it's not that we were unprepared; just things didn't go wrong. And uh, and so it was a very tense morning. And this morning, I walked into the kitchen area. This is just being 100% real. And I, I looked at Christina. I said, "What's wrong with you?" She said, "Nothing." Husbands, let me help you out. I would say 95% of the time when your wife is giving you a look and you ask her what's wrong and she says nothing, um, she needs to repent because she is lying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because there probably is going to be something wrong. Anyways, so I walk in and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Nothing. And I'm just being a little tense. I mean, I'm, I'm very, yeah, whenever I'm about something, I'm about something I, I can be hard to deal with. And um, I, I just saw a head shake. <laughs> Anyways, um, apparently everyone knows this about me. And so, anyways, this goes on for a few minutes. And um, and what did she do? She Eventually, I said, Christina, I can see something's wrong. And she's like, well, you're worried about this, but then you go and do that, and then you go and do that. And I'm just here trying to help, and you're tense. You're making everybody else tense. You, She essentially said, you need to chill out. And I was like, oh, so there is something wrong. <laughs> and, and then it was fine. But I knew that about her because I knew her nature. Here's the thing, guys. When we know the nature of God, we really don't have to worry. Because we know that whatever we face, he's, he's going to take care of it. And so we're on this journey of learning God's nature. Not just what he does, but the general idea of why he does it. Now, we'll never understand all of the decisions that God makes. I go to funerals, and I can't tell families why things happen the way they do. But in our day-to-day -day life, we do understand, we can understand some general things about God. How's he going to feel about certain things? How's he going to feel about this if I do this? How's he going to feel about that if I do that? And, we, and, and I'm going to talk to you about how we can get there. And so this can only happen by seeking God with all of our hearts. I read that scripture. This is one of the things David gives us. This can only, we can only learn God's nature by seeking God with our with all of our hearts. 
everything else takes a backseat. Everything else. It's like falling in love all over again. Because whenever you're in love with someone, it's like you're complete focus. You get tunnel vision and you're just like, I gotta know more. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? Where do you wanna go to eat? Where do you, uh, and, and everybody has an answer for that until somebody asks. But anyways, um, <laughs> um, you wanna know everything you can about that person. And, and so whenever we are trying to find the nature of God, we've gotta seek him with everything inside of us and everything else takes a back burner to that. And, and so my question today is in the middle of chaos and anxiety and fear and, and uncertainty, are you seeking answers or are you seeking the answer? Scientists are trying to find cures and, and vaccines. That's their job. That's what, they, that's what they're doing right now. But right now, you are not going to find peace by turning on the news for five hours a day. Because I'm going to be, I'm going to leave that alone. No, I'm going to say it. Don't trust these new, all these news sources. I'm going to tell you what. These, these guys, they put out on TV whatever they can do to stir you up and to keep you plugged in so that their ratings go up. Just going to throw that out there. Be aware, but don't let them rule your life. Come on. I'm going to leave that alone. But anyways... Are you seeking answers and all of that stuff? Or are you getting into your prayer closet and saying, God, I need you. I need you. You are the answer for my anxiety. You are the answer for my fear. Because if you have God and you have the reassurance that you know God's nature and he's not going to leave you out there hanging, it doesn't matter where you are. You can be in a hospital bed with a terrible report, but you know that if you know God's nature, he's got you. So he also says this. He says to hide the word in your head. No, it's not what he, it's not what he says. He says, hide the word in your heart, not just for memorization, but for understanding. You see, whenever it's in my heart, it, it changes me. When it, whenever his word is in my heart, it transitions the way that I see things. It transitions the way that I pray. It transitions the way that I view God. Because when it's in my heart and it's in my spirit, it's like I just know who he is. And, and my mind, which is logical, has to, it can then come into submission to what my heart says. We're talking about finding an understanding of who God is. And so how do we do this? Well, he also says this, ask God to teach you his ways. It's that simple. Ask God to teach you his ways. Did you know that this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is that he comes in and he becomes the teacher. And so we can simply ask in the middle of, of fear, in the middle of questioning, God, please help me to understand. Help me to understand what you're doing, or at the very least, help me to understand that I can accept that you're in control. Help me and teach me. Then he tells us something else to do. He says to speak the word. You see, this is what happens. The Lord introduces a word into our mind. It finds its way into our heart, and then it's solidified by a speaking. It's solidified by us speaking it. And so whenever, whenever we hear the word of the Lord, it's so important that we begin to speak the word of the Lord over our lives because it changes our perception. 
It changes our perspective, and it changes the, 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 the temperature and the climate of the room that we're in, and it changes the way we view things. It changes everything. And it comes against the evil that has surrounded us. I have never in my life, and I'm just talking to you today, guys. I hope this is fine. I've never in my life seen such a spirit of fear and confusion and division. I'm not going to go into all the spiritual implications of this, but whenever we speak the word, we are speaking against those evil spirits that exist around us. And did you know the Bible says that it, that the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow? That when we speak the name of Jesus, evil spirits have to flee. Come on, somebody. And so right now, you may not know exactly what's going on, but speak the word and speak the name of Jesus. Even whenever you're crying and you're fearful and you're alone, you just say Jesus. And I guarantee you it's going to change the atmosphere of the room that you're in. It's going to change the climate of what you're going through. It's even going to change the way you feel in that moment because it's going to take your focus off of your problem and it's going to put it on the problem solver. It's going to put it on the only one that control it, can control the situation and has the whole world in his hands. He goes on to say, we rejoice from a place, and then we rejoice. We rejoice from a place of understanding the nature of God through the Word and through the Spirit. And then he kind of closes it, at, closes it out and says this, uh, to meditate on the Word and to consider it. He says to meditate on the Word and to consider it. You see, right now we're, and I'm trying to catch up, we're reading the Bible in a year. That's fantastic. I think everyone should do it every year. Um, but there's a difference between reading for quantity versus reading for understanding. There's something about taking the Word of God, reading it, and meditating on it, and considering it, and trying to put things together and develop an understanding of not just what happened, but why it happened and what could happen because that happened. And if God said this, what does it actually mean? There's something to be said about meditating and considering because what you're doing is you are trying to begin to understand not just what happened, but the why of how it happened and, and how it happened. And if we do these things, I'm getting ready to close we do these things, I truly believe it has the ability to change our lives. God doesn't want you to just know about him. He doesn't want you to memorize a million scriptures and not understand any of them. Um, he wants you to know him. He wants you to know, know him in times of suffering. He wants you to know him in times of joy. He wants you to know him in times of fear and times of happiness. He wants you to understand who he is. The other day I was, um, it actually broke my heart a little bit. Um, I was talking to, to Liam and, uh, And he had gotten in trouble. It had been one of those days. Um, it had been one of those days where he got in trouble a lot. And, um, and he said, Daddy, do you still love me? And um, 
because he got into trouble a lot that day. And I'm sure my parents um, know exactly how that is right now. And I said to him, son, there's nothing that you could ever do to make me not love you. Reminded me of that old, I think it was Randy Travis song, or maybe it was George Clinton. I don't. It was a country singer. I know it was country. Um, it was George Clint Brown Sawyer or something. <laughs> um, uh, it was the song where the kid got in a fight and came on with a shiner on his eye. Uh, fighting was against the rules and it didn't matter why. <laughs> Anyways, um, in the song, the, the, the son, which eventually became the singer talking to the father, he was so fearful of being in trouble and losing the, the love of his father and he was reassured uh, that would never happen. I looked at my son and I said to him, Liam, I love you. And there's never going to be a day, regardless of what you do, that that will fail to be true. Here's the thing. When we understand the nature of God, that he loves us, and I need to tell you this, and I'm talking to you right now, God loves you. One of the most essential natures of God is love. It's that he chooses us when we don't deserve to be loved. It's that he rescues us when we've done nothing to earn his hand. And in the middle of chaos, in the middle of misunderstanding, in the middle of times that lacks clarity, in the middle of a hospital, I saw a report while I go, Brooklyn is walking around, praise God, she's, she's doing good. I didn't get to see the update on the, on the babies. But in the middle of delivering babies, early, with lots of questions, when we understand the nature of God, we may, not, we may be heartbroken, and, and, and there may be fear that creeps in, but at the end of the day, we understand God's nature, and it gives us hope. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know how long I've been talking, but I'm about to close it down. That's two. But what I do know is that God is good. And today you may be struggling with faith. Maybe you need to be reminded of the nature of God. He's for you. He's a God of peace. He's a God of shelter. He's a defender. He's the banner that goes before you. He sends angels to surround you. He is the one who sent the Redeemer. Christ is the Redeemer. He is the Lamb of God. He's the Prince of Peace. He is the bright and morning star. He is the Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. The Holy Spirit is the teacher, the comforter, the one that fills you, the one that leads you, the one that prepares you and guides you and keeps you. God has you covered.
And so today, right now, if you just need God to build your faith in this season that you're in, I want you to hit a bunch of likes. I want you to hit a bunch of hearts right now. Just pow da 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 And I want to pray over you. God has you. In the middle of this, guys, and I'm telling you, this week has been really tough on me. I'm not fearful or anything like that. I, I miss my people. Like, I really, from the bottom of my heart, I miss you guys. And what I miss most is not being able to look you in the eye. Like, right now, I'm looking into a little small lens, and I'm assuming you're looking back at me. But I miss the opportunity and the ability to look at you in your eye and say, God's got you. I miss the opportunity to lay my hand on your head or on your shoulder or hold your hand and pray with you. It's been a, it's been a tough week for me in that area. But I'm reminded constantly that God's nature supersedes distance. I don't know what you're going through, but I know that God has you. And so I'm going to pray over you right now. If you're lonely, if you're struggling with mental health issues, if, if you are struggling at all right now, I want you to hit those likes if you haven't already or do them again, you know, whatever. And I want to pray over you. I'm going to do that right now. Father, if that's you guys, I want you to lift your hands just like we would in church. Father, I pray for my people right now, God. Everyone watching this video, whether it's now or later, I pray for my people, God. Father, there are some, they, they have life issues that have nothing to do with coronavirus because life keeps happening. I pray for them, God. I pray for healing, Lord God. I pray for answers. I pray, God, that as they look at life right now, that they do so through the lens of the knowledge of who you are. God, touch their heart. Minister to them where they are, Lord. Give them peace, Lord. Give them strength, God. Give them courage. We love you, God. We love you, Lord. And I believe in the name of Jesus that you are building strong Christians in the middle of this place of social distancing. I believe, God, that right now as people are digging to find you, God, that they are establishing habits that will help them um, connect with you so much better. Father, I love you. And I believe, God, you're ministering. Keep my people, God. Keep them safe, emotionally, spiritually, physically. And we look forward to seeing each other again, and we look forward to your coming, Lord. In Jesus' name.